I am an actuary. I am an actuary. I am an actuary. Welcome to the We Are Actuaries podcast, where you'll meet leaders who use their actuarial powers to solve a range of problems and make a real difference. I am your host, Julia Lessing, and I'm a qualified actuary based in Australia. I help senior leaders use data to solve complex people-oriented problems. So settle in, learn from the best, and be inspired. Hi, everyone. Today, we're talking with Amanda Aitken. Amanda's an actuarial educator at the Actuaries Institute with over 20 years' experience as an actuary in general insurance and workers' comp schemes. Amanda joined the Institute's education team in 2018 to develop and teach the CMP, Communication, Modelling and Professionalism subject. She has a special interest in data analytics, now data science, we're calling it, and is currently the chief examiner of the data science application subject. She's a member of the data science practice committee and the data science education faculty. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure, Julia. I'm really excited about talking to you. <laughs> really excited about hearing um, your story about being an actuary and an educator as well. So I wonder if we can start, Amanda, if you can tell us a little bit about your current role as an actuarial educator. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, so I joined the actuarial um, education team at the Institute four and a half years ago. Uh, as you said, I started teaching the communication modelling and professionalism subject. So that was the first subject I taught. And now I'm teaching the data science applications subject. So that's been a really interesting journey. I've had to learn a whole lot in pulling the materials together for that subject. Uh, and my role involves uh, running tutorials to help students get across all the detail in the modules Um answering questions for them on the discussion forum, writing their assignments and their exams, marking. Well, I don't do the marking myself, actually. You don't? But overseeing. No, so we have volunteers, uh, volunteer actuaries who do the oh. marking, and I just oversee that process to make sure that it's sort of fair for all students and, yeah, we've got a good process going. So, yeah, there's always a lot to do. I feel like there's, you know, one thing after the other that has to be done throughout the semester, but it's um yeah always interesting and exciting. Sounds like a really interesting but also a really unique role for an actuary, Amanda. I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about why you became an actuary to start with and then how you ended up becoming an educator after that. Yeah, okay. Um, so I have my grandmother to thank for becoming an actuary. When I was in year 12 or all throughout school, I suppose, I'd always really liked maths and did quite well at maths. And my grandmother was reading an article in the newspaper about the top ranked jobs and I think actuaries at the time was at the top of the list in terms of pay and work conditions and I suppose career satisfaction. So she mentioned it to me and I'd never heard of actuarial studies or becoming an actuary before and I didn't really know what else I wanted to do. I think early on I wanted to be a um, a news anchor. That was my aspiration very early a news on. news anchor. <laughs> that never really went anywhere. <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, I just thought I'd try it. So I studied commerce and law and quickly discovered that the law part of it was not for me, but, yeah, focused on the commerce and specialising in actuarial. So I worked as an actuary for, um, yeah, about 20 years, I think, maybe just under. And 
what I realized is that in all the roles that I'd had as an actuary, one of the things that I'd really loved was uh, explaining things to mm-hmm. others or sort of running education sessions. I remember when I used to work at WorkSafe, I ran a, an actuary 101 session. So for some of our medical staff or claim staff who didn't really know anything about the actuarial evaluations, mm-hmm. we ran these sessions to help them understand how what they did when they were making decisions about claims can actually impact the cost of the scheme. Wow. And I loved that. I just loved being able to explain something that I had in my head to someone else and add value for them. So that's when I started reflecting on maybe wanting to move into education. And when I say that early on I wanted to be a news anchor woman or, or man, um, I I mean, I, I did seriously think about that when I was about 10 years old or something because I just liked performing, I guess, was what led me to that. Uh, but I had also always thought that I might want to be a teacher and my mum actually qualified as a teacher and worked for a few years before she had my sister and me. Um, yeah, so I thought about teaching as well, but I think it was my mum that talked me out of it and said, oh, no, you don't get paid much to teach, you know, <laughs> go along with what Nana's suggested and be an actuary. Yeah. So I guess I'd always had that in the back of my mind. Um, so, yeah, when I had a sort of midlife crisis and tried to work out what I wanted to do with the rest mm. of my life, that's when I thought, well, maybe I should go back to that idea that I I really do enjoy teaching. Mm. But at the same time, I didn't want to lose all the years of um, sort of effort and knowledge that I'd gained in the actuarial area. So when I saw the ad for actuarial educators that the institute was running, I thought, oh, that could be perfect because then I'm able to do teaching but actually still calling on all that actuarial expertise that I've gained so I'm not sort of just wasting mm. all of those years. Yeah, it sounds like the perfect blend of your um, desire to teach and to explain things to people and to be able to use those skills but also to hold on to the big investment that you've made in your actuarial career and to yep. and to also share that actuarial knowledge that's come with 20 years of practice as well because that 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 really um that's such a big valuable asset that you've got and so much knowledge and experience that you've got to share and to teach our next generation of actuaries as well yeah so yeah I was very lucky that that opportunity came up really just at the right time for yeah, me amazing and um and you've shared with me before, Amanda, that when you were a young girl, you were also uh, <laughs> featured uh, in a, a documentary around um, around bullying, um, which was a really great um, really great piece of work. Did you ever consider going into acting instead of actuarial? Uh, I don't think I was ever good enough to really consider taking that on as a career path, um, but I loved acting and I think whenever I see a stage show in particular I always wish that I was behind the curtains with all the other actors you know being part of it so I don't know maybe one day I'll take up um a local join a local theatre company or something (laughs) (laughs) so you're um so you really you really enjoy that performance side of of work um whether it's in your work or, or in your personal life and being able to um, present and and perform, I suppose. Um, I think it's a really valuable skill for actuaries as we're trying to get our messages across, whether or not we're teaching the next generation of actuaries or whether we're presenting to clients, that ability to um, convey our messages um, through our words and our presentations is a really important skill for all actuaries to have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for a lot of actuaries, it doesn't come naturally. We often like playing with the numbers mm. and maybe being behind the scenes a little bit and not having to 
talk to other people. I, did, um, I, I have seen studies into personalities of actuaries and we're obviously not all the same, but I think for a lot of us, maybe we do tend to be a little bit more introverted mm. and a bit less comfortable talking with a range of different people. Um, but it is really important for actuaries to be able to explain what they've done because otherwise I think the complexity of what we're working on, if, if we can't explain it, then it really means nothing mm. to a lot of people. So it, it adds no value. Mm, mm. Yeah, the value is in being able to communicate um, that complexity in a way that people can not just understand it but know what to do with it and and really yes. be able to take action based on our advice and our work. Absolutely. Mm. And on a selfish side, you know, we also need to be able to communicate well just to be able to promote the brand actually mm. so that more people know about what actuaries do and are interested in getting us engaged to help Absolutely. Them. Absolutely. And so hopefully more young young people coming through um, and, you know, will know about the, the actuarial profession. Um, and lucky for you, your grandmother found that ad and uh, was able to share that with you. So here you are. <laughs> That's right. So, Amanda, you're really shaping the next wave of actuaries with um, the work that you're doing as an actuarial educator with the Institute. Um, I wonder who's shaped, and aside from your grandmother getting you <laughs> giving you the idea to become an actuary, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about who's shaped and mentored and inspired you and your career over the years? Yeah, there are a few different people that come to mind at all stages of my life, I guess. And the very first one that I think of was my grade six maths teacher. And he was a bit of a, um, I mean, I didn't find him scary, but some students found him a bit scary mm-hmm. looking. I think he was aware of that. And I remember the very first day of school, I had to go home early. I think I had conjunctivitis. And then I was away from school the day after. And he actually called my mum and said, oh, I'm really worried that maybe I've scared Amanda off. Some students can find me a bit scary looking. And I was like, not at all. I really have conjunctivitis. Anyway, um, that's just something I always remember about him. But he was just such an inspiring person. So he firstly, I think, helped to bring out my love of maths, which my dad had already instilled in me. And I remember that we spent so much time in class building all these different shaped um yeah, 3D shapes basically, mm. and it was so much fun, but we learnt so much as well. So he, he really just taught us to have fun with maths. Um, but I also remember little mini lectures he would give us about, you know, the risks of smoking and drinking and things like that, just really casual little comments he'd throw in. And so he was sort of inspiring or um, formed some of my early ideas around I don't know, like acting ethically mm, as well. Mm. I think. Some of your values maybe. Yeah, mm. definitely. So, yeah, I'll always remember Mr Thomas as um, I think my best teacher wow. at school. Wow. Inspiring. Uh, and then I mentioned my dad. So definitely my dad is a big mentor in my life. Um, my dad is a civil engineer, has successfully run his own business for many years. He sort of encouraged me to get into my own business at, at one point and said, oh, I'll never look back and... I guess that's true. I'm always glad that I tried it, but that, um, in the end I wanted to do something different. Well, I am too, Amanda. I am too because that's yeah. where we met when when you started your yes. business and I was starting my business and um, we were able to share notes and compare notes then. So I'm glad that you did that too because that's that's how yeah. we met. Yeah, we may not have connected without that. Very true. Uh, yeah, and my dad is definitely my moral compass and I always is the person I go to whenever I get stuck with things as well as my mum. I always look to both of them for advice on what the right thing mm. to do is 
Um, and then more on an actuarial front, I guess my first manager at work, Mark Barter, um, he I just had such a good attitude to having an like open door policy. And I remember he used to say there is no such thing as a silly question. Mm-hmm. So just really encouraged us to be inquisitive and ask questions and and not feel worried about sounding stupid, I suppose, if we ask the wrong question. Uh, and he's now moved to Israel and has a really interesting job over there. Um, but yeah, we've managed to stay in contact over the years, which is really good. Uh, and then if I think to much more recently, um, another actuary, Martin Mulcair, I don't know if he considers himself a mentor to me, but I consider him a mentor. And particularly when I started teaching the communication modelling and professionalism subject, Martin had previously run the professionalism course. Uh, so he was a fantastic sounding board for me in teaching the subject. Um, but yeah, also talking about any sort of ethical issues that came up or interesting things that I'd been thinking about that I needed to bounce the idea of of someone else. So yeah, lots of different people I think have inspired me and and mentored me throughout my career. Wonderful. Whether they knew it or not. not. And isn't that interesting, (laughs) Amanda, because those first managers that we have really shape us, don't they? So it sounds like Mm. your first manager at work really shaped who you were and how you showed up as an actuary and what was okay to, to how it was okay to behave and what was okay to do and um, such a powerful a powerful role and um, and certainly Martin I know I've had lots of conversations with him over the years as well what a wonderful wow. sounding board and so much so much knowledge and experience but also so much generosity and um, he's willing to share his experience and to be able to help guide and mentor others as well. Absolutely. And he's such a good listener mm. as well. He taught me in any sort of conversation to hold back and let the other person speak first, but he would actually even prompt me to speak first. Like if we were having a reflection on how the semester had gone, uh, he would always start with, how do you think the semester mm. went, Amanda? Whereas I was coming along thinking Martin was just going to tell me what worked, what didn't mm. work, but yeah, it really puts it back on you to think about it. But is very good at then listening to what you have to say. Mm, mm. Very skilled at active listening, which is such a such a powerful skill for all of us, not just for actuaries. Definitely. And, yeah, I learned a lot about active listening when I did your course <laughs> recently. <laughs> so I became more aware of other people who are very good listeners already. Mm, mm. Such a such a powerful but underrated skill and something that we don't always learn at home when we're growing up, but um, really powerful in so many different situations. Yeah, absolutely. So how? Yeah, it's interesting. Sorry, it's in the say at home that we don't learn it. I think, I guess it depends on your family dynamic. But often, I think at home when you're growing up as a child, you're just having to fight to be heard sometimes mm-hmm. on top of your siblings or on top of other things your parents are thinking about. Or so yeah, we probably practice more um, sort of speaking up as opposed to sitting back and listening. But again, maybe that was just my family dynamic. Well, I think all our families are different, aren't they? And um, as I keep <laughs> saying to my children, un- unfortunately, you got human parents, not highly skilled, trained, qualified parents. <laughs> you just got us. <laughs> as did my children. <laughs> <laughs> We're all doing our best. <laughs> yeah. So really interesting, Amanda, to hear that the people that have inspired and shaped you over the years um, had some kind of teaching capacity. So your sixth grade maths teacher, your dad um, as a teacher and supporter of your career, your first manager and and Martin Mulcair as well, that all those four people that you've described have had some kind of um, teaching or mentoring role for you and um, and that now you're, you're doing that for other actuaries as well. 
Yeah, I hadn't thought about it yeah. like that, but yeah. So finally, Amanda, I just wanted to ask you if there's actuaries out there who are looking at you and thinking, wow, I, I'm an actuary, but I also have that sort of teaching um, aspiration. Uh, what advice would you have for actuaries who are wanting to keep their actuarial qualifications, um, or maybe not even, but um, to sort of build on that and um, and use that to to have a teaching career in some capacity? You're listening to the We Are Actuaries podcast, brought to you by the Guardian Actuarial Leadership Program. If you're looking for a tailored training program to help you build your communication and leadership skills, registrations are now open. Head over to guardianactuarial.com.au for more information. Yeah, well, I guess if uh, actuaries are interested in moving into the education area, then there are lots of volunteer opportunities they could try out first. So if they're not quite ready to leave their current role and join the Institute's education Mm -hmm. team, then they might volunteer to scrutineer assignments uh-huh. so have a go at the assignment or the exam for a particular subject that interests them um, they can get involved in marking they could get involved uh, as a member of the education faculty um, for each of the subjects that we run so that's basically a group of qualified actuaries that oversee the different subjects that we um, provide mm-hmm. within the institute so that that might be a nice soft way to sort of test out what they think about getting involved, at least with the Institute um, in Education. And because I, um, I, I'm a huge fan of volunteering. I mean, I, I talk about this all the time that if you're wanting to build your career, volunteering is a great way to build those skills that you might not be ready to do at work or maybe you're not ready to make that career leap just yet. If people were yeah. wanting to do those kinds of, um, get involved in that kind of volunteering, that education volunteering, what's the best way for them to do that? Is is that, are they advertised or should they get in touch with you? What's the best way for people yeah. to do that? If actuaries aren't already seeing the weekly bulletin that goes mm-hmm. out from the Institute, then make sure that they get in contact with the Institute because we usually advertise for all of those okay. roles through the bulletin. Yeah. Um, and otherwise just reach out to education at actuaries.asn.au mm-hmm. and yeah, that if, if you say that you're interested in volunteering, you'll go straight on the list. We're always looking for um, new volunteers and enthusiastic volunteers. So I guess another option, which is something that I tried um, by accident, I guess, in the workplace is to look for opportunities to teach in the workplace or Mm -hmm. to run different sessions to share your knowledge with others, particularly if you're in an actuarial team and working with non-actuarial teams. Sometimes we take for granted that the things that are in our head are obvious to others as well, and often they really aren't. Um, So we talk about actuarial liabilities and other people in non-actuarial teams probably have no idea what we're talking about unless they've taken a particular interest or been in the organisation for a long Mm. time or even then I think they might have been in the organisation for a really long time, heard lots of people talking about these big numbers related to liability valuations but not really understood what they mean. So, yeah, take some initiative and offer to run a lunchtime session that just goes through the basics of what is a liability? Why do we care about it? What does it mean for you in your role? Um, So, yeah, it can be a really nice way to practice those teaching skills as well and feel good about having some knowledge to share with others. I I think for me, 
um, that's probably one of the reasons I like teaching the most. It's a really selfish reason, but it makes me feel a bit better about myself. If I, if others say to me, oh, that's really interesting, I feel like I've learned something, then I think, oh, I've got some value to add because I've been able to help someone else. So, um, yeah, definitely look for those opportunities in your organisation or even within your community, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the only other thing that I can think of is that I, it's taken me a while to learn this and I probably don't quite um, believe this message fully myself, but it, I keep telling myself that you don't have to know everything to be a good teacher. I think we assume that in order to teach a subject, we have to be an expert on every aspect of that topic. And if we're not, then we can't possibly be a good teacher. But I think often we know a lot more than what we give ourselves credit for, mm-hmm. and usually a lot more than students who are enrolling in the subject that you might be teaching. And I think the key is to be open-minded and always be willing to learn more and not be afraid to have a question that comes your way that you have to say, actually, I'm not really sure. I need to look into this a bit more. And I guess that even applies to work as an actuary. Sometimes we feel that we need to know everything about, um, you know, anything to do with whatever number we're reporting on. But sometimes it is okay to say, Actually, it's a great question. I'm not sure I'll get back to you. So definitely applies in teaching as well. And most of the time, I think most of my learning comes from trying to answer questions that students ask, those those really good questions that you think, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that before. Let me look into it for you. So 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 has so that's happened to you then Amanda you've found yourself wondering whether or not you've got the skills or the knowledge to teach some of these subjects but then as you get into it you find that you're learning and everyone's learning and it's okay to not feel like you need to know everything before you can teach um that content Absolutely um, yeah is and I definitely learn something new every semester too mostly off the back of questions that students ask me. Amazing. Because you're teaching data science, nearly said data analytics, data science. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that that really wasn't taught when we were, certainly not when we were undergraduates, but even as part of our, our um, fellowship exams, we, we didn't learn those. Yeah. Um, we didn't learn how to code. Well, not really. Um, we didn't learn some mm. of the modern analytical techniques that uh, actuaries yeah. are using now. So, um, so that what was that like for you learning how to do those things that maybe weren't part of your own education and then being able to teach um, those that, that content as well? It's interesting because when I started to do online courses years ago, before this role even, just because I had a, a self-interest to learn a bit more, we we did learn so much of the foundational aspects of data science at university so all the statistical subjects that we took they are the foundations of of all the um you know modern machine learning techniques now so I think when I started to learn more about some of the more modern techniques I thought oh okay I I remember that Mm. from uni but we have this idea that I didn't learn any Mm. of it at university Mm. so I think we actually got quite a good grounding in many of the statistical concepts at university. But then for a lot of us, we didn't then use them in the workplace. I'd reflected on that a lot um, more recently and with others in my team as well, that we learn so much about statistics at university. And then, at least for me, a lot of those concepts, um, I didn't end up applying 
at work. It, you know, some of the applications at work were actually a lot simpler than some of the fundamentals that we learned mm-hmm. at university. So, so I guess I did feel that a lot of it was there in the back of my head somewhere, and it didn't take much to bring it to the forefront. And then um, it wasn't too big a leap to then go forward into okay, well, with that foundational knowledge these are the sorts of models that you can build and this is how you evaluate those mm, models. Mm. That's good to know. So that's And that's probably quite reassuring for some of the more experienced actuaries who are um, wondering whether or not they have the skills to, to use some of those modern techniques that maybe the foundations yeah. are already there. It's just a matter of learning some new tools and um, and learning that's some other things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. definitely. Wonderful. Yeah. So, Amanda, you've talked to us a bit about what it's like to be an actuarial educator. Um, you've told us um, some of the, the how you got into this role. Uh, you've also told us who's shaped and inspired you over the years as well. And you've given some tips on how people can get involved in education roles, um, whether they're actually moving into one of those roles, but also whether they want to just do a little bit of volunteering in the space on the side um, to get in touch um, with the Institute or through that Monday Bulletin um, to to find opportunities to help. So um, thank you so much for uh, your time today. It's been really wonderful hearing about your journey into education. Um, and it sounds like you're absolutely in your element in this new role. Well, it's not so new anymore, but um, yeah. having moved into an educator role, an actuarial educator role. Yeah, thank you. No, I've really enjoyed the discussion and I'm looking forward to doing some teaching alongside you soon too, Julia. I'm looking forward to that too, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Amanda. And uh, we'll put the contact details um, in the um, the notes below as well um, for anyone wanting to get involved in those volunteer opportunities um, as well. Thanks so much for your time, Amanda. Great. Thank you. So there you have it, real life stories and practical tips from a leader using their actuarial superpowers to make a difference in the world. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to get in touch, subscribe, leave us a review and share it with your network. You'll find details from today's interview in the show notes below and on our website www.guardianactuarial.com.au. Until next time. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.